Welcome to season three, episode two of the Staggies You podcast. I hope you've all had a lovely couple of weeks in what could be the last of the summer weather. It's remained bright in the Highlands for the most part, but it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows for Ross County, who sit with one win but three defeats in their first four Premiership matches. There's good news though. First of all, Will's back as usual. How are you, mate? Not too bad yourselves. Yeah, not bad. And this has been waited for for a while. Today marks the long-awaited return of Peter to the podcast after his absence last time out. How are you? Great to be back, mate. You know, it's been a long time coming, but ready to get into it again. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Um, right, so uh, the games we've played so far, uh, I mentioned that we had three losses and, uh, yeah, three losses and one win. So to start the season off, we lost 2-1 against Hearts away. Uh, Forrest and Mackay scored for them before White pulled them back for us, but it wasn't enough. We then were back home with 3-1 loss against Celtic. Kyogo, Jens and Abada got the goals for Celtic, while Alex Yakovi uh, got the goal for us. And unfortunately, Connor Randall did fracture his leg um, in that match. He's out until around the end of the year, I believe. And then uh, after this, we lost 1-0 to a Tate screamer away at St. Mirren. But we got the win against Kilmarnock at home through Awura Edwards. Um, and we also lost William Accio through a meniscus tear for around six weeks, I believe. Uh, so we'll dive straight into it. First of all, uh, I think it's good to divide these matches into into two. So the first were against Hearts and Selick, who are kind of the higher teams, the teams we expected to have more of a tough time against, and then St. Mary and Kilmarnock, which are closer to our level. So, Will, I'll start with you. Hearts and Celtic, um, what did you think about those matches? I generally thought in, in both games, at times we played quite well. Um, they were obviously games that we were, weren't expecting an awful lot from. I probably would have hoped for at best maybe a point from the two games. We got nothing, but there were promising signs in both games, especially in the first half in the Hearts game, where I thought that's one of the best performances I've seen us put together in a long, long time. It's just annoying that we just couldn't put anything in the back of the net because um, who was it playing out on the left? Was it Edwards? Yeah, Edwards and Sims was on the right that day. Edwards was absolutely ripping the hearts point to pieces constantly until he got, I think, and they changed to, was it Civic they put out to the right and he kept him a little bit quieter, but no, that first half was was fantastic to see. Uh, Pierre? Yeah, no, I, for the most part, I agree with Well, I think it was quite, you know, it's a weird feeling to have, you know, two such tough games at the start of the season, but to still be feeling, you know, really positive after losing both. But again, I completely agree with what Will said. I think we definitely deserved a point from the Hearts game. Um, and, you know, after seeing that on the first day, I think it excited a lot of us just because of how well we played. And I think, oh, I think it's a pity we had Celtic next because I feel like if we had someone else, you know, maybe we could have carried that on and got a win earlier but it's just the way the fixtures lie but I think I think on paper you'd expect us to get zero points and that's what we did but again I was really really hopeful there was loads of loads and loads of positive signs to take out of both the games um I think defensively despite conceding five I thought we looked really solid um and for the most part the new boys settled in fairly well I thought but yeah, pity to not pity to start so slowly again, but again, it's expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you said uh, with the new boy selling, and I've got a little, um, not really a chart, but a little list here of um, 
like roughly the amount of minutes everyone's getting. So I've got Ever Present, who's the player, three players who have played every minute so far, which is Ross Laidlaw, Jack Baldwin. That's stopped now. He's received a two-match retrospective ban for a tackle he made against Kilmarnock, but we'll get onto that later. And Alex Yakoviti. For roughly around the 100-minute mark, we've got most of our players. We've got uh, Ross Callaghan, who got sent off, and that's why he didn't play uh, every minute, I believe. Uh, Connor Randall, Ben Perrington, Callum Johnson, Jordan Tilson. David Kankola, Josh Sims, Dominic Samuel, Georgia Hula, Awura Edwards, Yandanda, and Kazim Olagbi. Um, players that have only come in as a sub or have come off early when they did start it was Ben Payton, Victor Latoury, Jordan White, George Harmon, and Keith Watson. And I believe Jake Eastwood is the only unused player. Um, this is jumping around a bit, but um, are you happy with that distribution of minutes? Um. I suppose so. I think obviously we're all going to have personal opinions as to, you know, which certain individuals we'd favour and who you want to start. I mean, personally, I would have liked to see Oleg Bay and Danda get more minutes. Even Awura, I think, should should deserve it of more minutes. And one for me who I think has been kind of harshly chucked to the sidelines this season is Jordan White. And although at times I feel like we were probably quite critical of him in the podcast last year, we did give him his due praise. And I, I think in the flashes that I've seen of him this year, I think he looks he like he looks potentially like, like he'd be better than he was last year. Like he looks to have a, another yard of pace. He looks quicker than he was. And I know I'm jumping forward a bit, but as we seen at the weekend, he's just still as strong and as battling as he was and made Ash Taylor look like a little boy when we scored against Kelly. So I would like to see him starting to get the nod up top more often. I think it's. Um, I think the reason there's been so much uh, rotation in front of uh, the back four has been the simple mm-hmm. fact that I still don't think that uh, Malky knows quite what the right uh, formula is. Now that he's lost so many players, he's bringing some, and he's still trying to figure out what is the best team, or who goes, or maybe who's not the best player, but who goes best in what position with somebody else. And I think it will be another couple of games before he finds that. Mm-hmm. So I've got. Um... You're talking about in front of the defence. I've got a little bit of my notes marked the midfield problem. So um, the combinations that have been used so far were um, Calacan, Tilson and Dominic Samuel. Tilson, uh, Calacan, Cancola and Payton, which was against Celtic. That was a bit of a different formation. Obviously, that's special circumstances. We saw um, Cancola, Calacan and Dominic Samuel and also Cancola, Calacan and Yandanda, but obviously... Calacan for the next two matches is not going to be there. Um, this is again jumping ahead. Um, but who do you think comes now comes in now for the suspended Calacan? Well, I'll let you go first. I'm actually trying to think about who I'd put in. Actually, I'd probably stick with Tilson. Quite frankly, um, I think that the midfield two that sit deep, I think, is still probably the biggest problem in the side because we've not quite found out who to balance it with. So probably go with Kinkola and Tilson, but it could be anybody. Yeah, I agree. I think as much as I want to see Latouri start getting more minutes, I think if you mm-hmm. play you know, a more solid midfield two of Kinkola and Tilson, then it maybe allows you to play Danda, Although we could play Danda anyway, but Malky seems to be kind of preservative with that midfield. And I think if you play those two, then that allows Danda all the freedom in the world to be as creative as he can be and drift about a bit. So I'd probably go for that as well. I think with Latoury, I 
I'm really keen to see him play more, but it's I, I think it's important to keep in mind sometimes that he is a young boy, 21, moved halfway across the world. It's important uh, for him to get settled, despite how uh, how good he looked in the League Cup against um, East Fife. Um, so my question would be, obviously, you know, I've said what I've said. Yeah, we need to phase him in and everything. Um, how would you like to see that happen? Because obviously every game in the Premiership is a tough one. There's no easy game to kind of throw him in and uh, get minutes. Do we phase him in through uh, substitute appearances? And if he plays well, he might get a, a start in the next one. Or um, It's maybe a bit specific, but what kind of um, timeline do you see when it comes to a bit dilatory? I think the fact he's, you know, he's not on a one-year deal, he's not on loan. I'm pretty sure it's a three-year deal he signed, or a two-year deal he signed, in fact. And I think that helps us a bit in terms of easing him in. Like you said, it's it's a completely different country for him. It's a completely different way of living. But again, he's going to be wanting to be playing minutes. And I think I think you're probably right in saying that substitute appearances because, you know, as you've mentioned before, we've chopped and changed the midfield a lot and it's not been as good as it can be at our midfield. And I think he's definitely could find a way in there. Um, and you know if we if we bring him on gradually and then I think he could put a stamp on the team maybe because I think he from from the from the flashes we've seen of him his passing range does look really good and I think that's something we don't really have in the midfield at the moment kind of cola you could argue but as though he's more of a sitter. I was going to say his next uh, game might be a cup game but I forgot our next uh, cup games against the old firm so he's probably not going to start that. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with I agree it'll be he'll be bled in well, over the next. Bad. Oh, sorry. He'll be bleeding over the next uh, two to three months, I think. Yeah. But substitutes then maybe a bit longer. Then maybe he might get maybe the kind of lesser games. He might get the ninety, but certainly not for the big teams, not yet. Right. Uh, Hopping about a bit again, but I'd just like to go not specifically to the Saint Mirren game, but to sort of like in between the Saint Mirren and Kilmarnock games, because obviously they're both really games with a lot of fine margins. Uh, obviously both 1-0 either way. Do you think much changed between those two games or do you think it was just a little bit of luck? That's a tough one. I think, obviously, I was lucky enough to be at both games. Um, And I I did see a lot of people saying after the Kilmarnock game that it was a bad game of football and stuff like that. But that was honestly, like way, way less shite than the St. Mirren game was. The St. Mirren game was one of the worst games I've been to in terms of, from from both sides saying that as well, in terms of quality of football and, you know, attacking play and creating chances and stuff like that. It was such a walking pace game and a lot of people would put that down to how hot it was, but I don't think that's really much of an excuse. I think we just generally lacked fight and lacked attacking intent that day. Whether that was due to the lineup or, you know, mood, whatever you could put it down to, but I genuinely think we just looked like we were more hungry to win against Kilmarnock. And I think we showed that, obviously, scoring late on. I think we just had that more desire in us. And I think Malky probably instilled that after having such a bad performance down in Paisley. You you talk about hunger. um, And I think the hunger, um, it's hard to say because the hunger also ties into the luck. Because we showed hunger, but that also we got lucky because at, at times we just show a bit too much hunger. Uh, Ross Callaghan and Jack Baldwin, the suspended two. And uh, now we're sitting with two suspended players for some absolute, like, lunging. I know, Will, you said Jamie Scott challenges. 
Yeah. Um, I do kind of think, though, that they may probably have picked the best two games to be banned from for us because it's Rangers away, yeah. Celtic at home. Games we're probably not going to win, even without even with them in the team. So I'd rather they were back for the Aberdeen game. I completely agree. And I think, you know, although it's gotten at the right, I think we're just speaking about Latouri. Boys like him gives them more of a chance to shine on a bigger stage as well. So as much as we'll miss them, I think probably in the long run it's better. You know, you'd much rather they were out for those games against the Ugly Sisters than you would for ones that were looking forward to win against the Motherwells and Aberdeens and stuff like that. Uh-huh, agreed. Uh, just on the suspensions, do you do you boy uh, do you always know how? Um, because obviously it's been Ross Callaghan. He got two yellow cards. He would usually serve a one match ban for that. Um, is this like has it been increased for violent conduct? I'm just I'm not too. I don't actually know to be honest. It wouldn't shock me because it was a horror tackle, but I don't know the answer. I think if the compliance officer flags it to um the SFA, it can get reviewed. It did happen a couple of years ago, but I can't remember what it was from. I think it might have been an old firm game, game involving one of the old firm, but they can if it's classed as being sufficiently an error. They can review it, and I, I do think as much as I, I prefer him not to been banned for three game for two games. I can't really say that he didn't deserve it because it was a shocking, horrible tackle, one of the worst I've seen recently. Yeah, it was awful. I just, what do you think of um, Baldwin's one? I think that one's not quite as bad because I do think there's a genuine attempt by Baldwin to play the ball. It's a standard one with the centre half trying to come out with the ball. He's taking a heavy touch. He's trying to reach and get the ball away from the player that's going to take it off him. But it's wild, it's high, it's reckless. It's a red, but it's not as bad as Calican's because Calican, there was no intent to play the ball whatsoever. Whereas Baldwin, there was, but it's just a poor tackle. Yeah, I think I agree. It's it's definitely bad. Um, I think, you know, a one-game ban would have sufficed, in my opinion, but obviously we don't know the ins and outs of the refereeing book and, and stuff with the compliance officer and that kind of just fries my brain, to be honest, so... We'll just take it as is. Okay. Okay. Um, we're back. We've just sat for like twenty minutes and tried to deal with my shitey internet. Um, uh, if I have a spare minute, I am genuinely going to put put together some of those clips of me speaking. There being less like a ten second silence and Peter and Will responding because the delay was that horrendous. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so sorry guys to waste your time um, but I think we were just talking about the Baldwin tackle but yeah. um, so I'm going to jump forward to when we actually went down to 10 uh, Calgan got his second yellow card uh, when we did go down to 10 um, how did you feel about the match did you think we'd see, I know we went on to win it but did you think we'd even see it out um, I, I was never sort of fearing Kilmarnock. I think all game they were fairly subdued, didn't have that many good chances. Their best one was probably that long shot from Power, if I remember correctly. I can't think of the top of my head of anything else they had. But, you know, instantly Malky went for the set for the point kind of idea because he took Watson on uh, to kind of sit into a back five. And I respected that. You know, when you go down to 10 men, all you want is to come out with a positive result. So... I, I was kind of content that we were just going to play for a draw, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think at any point in that game, Kilmarnock played particularly well. Uh, they, they, they had a little spell at the start of the, the, the second half, and then there was a little bit 
with the power shot. But other than that, they put a few crosses in the box. Lafferty did very, very little. Um, in fact, I can't really remember any of their players doing an awful lot at all. Um, so, but I thought we'd set out quite quite comfortably for the point and but we're going to end up going for it and I was delighted to come over with a win. Uh-huh. And uh, Peter, you were talking about Jordan White. His influence of that um, of that free kick was undeniable. He had he had two bites at it and got it across to Aware Edwards, who was who was in there, he was gambling, he got the finish. Yeah, exactly. I think it's exactly what you want from Jordan White. He's played a fantastic accidental one two with I can't remember who it was. I think it was Yakovic. Yeah, and then someone I didn't actually see it because I was too fixed on the fixed on a wheel at the back post, but there were shouts for handball. Apparently some Kelly player, Superman, punched the ball out of the sky. Um so I think even if we didn't score, hopes are that it would have been a penalty. But yeah, like you said, um I think it was good awareness from Awura to be honest. I think we saw it all last season. Uh, as Malky's gonna say in a bit on here, not live sadly, um that Cookie and uh Hungbo were really good at getting into the back post, getting into the areas. And I think if we could see more of that from Awura, then he's got he's gonna have goals galore, especially when Jordan White's up there causing all sorts of havoc. Mm-hmm. As as Peter said, we are gonna well, obviously not live. Uh we're gonna hear from Malky. As uh some of you know, um a lot of the time me and Peter are lucky enough to get into the press box at County and attend the post-match interviews. And uh, thanks to Dale Pride McDonald for confirming that we actually have permission to use these interviews in the podcast. It's a, um, it's a big help. And uh, here's what Melky had to say after the match. Um, it's always going to be a tough encounter. It's a typical SPFL game, what a uh, rough and tumble. I knew it was going to be difficult. I was um, obviously watching, I know Derek's team. Uh, they're a big team. Uh, we knew the physicality there, and we had to match that today, and then then get our chances. Uh, disappointed in the first half that we created so many great little openings going forward, and then just that carelessness running about the edge of the box four times, uh, albeit one of them good chances a penalty. But the other three times we don't take the shot, or we just make the pass wrong, um, which would have made things easier for us at half time. Second half, I know that they're going to come out and they have to come out with a bit, a little bit more in them. Um, and they went a bit long earlier, so that meant that we have to fight and scrap, run about 20 yards out and win our second balls there. Um, so it was always going to be tough like that, but I think I was delighted with the character of the team to stand up to that and then still go forward and pick passes. And at the same time, when we go down to 10, um, to have that um, nerve to actually go and attack as opposed to just sitting in camped in because that's not going to do anybody any good. I still thought we could hurt them. Even with 10 men, when they rolled it to the back, I thought we could press properly and catch them on that one. And eventually we do, and we get the reward for it. So delighted with the, the character, delighted with the fact that um, we, we made this a fortress up here last year and it's a difficult place for teams to come, and it was today for Kamala. I'm delighted that the new players actually got it. and I mean, got it. They got how to play in this league and how that relentless this league is. Um, after that, then it's it's then just refining those little moments when you do get chances in games. You know, first half at Hearts, we were tremendous and we don't take the chances, which change the, the dynamics of a game. Um, we don't take our chances at St Man when it's a very nip and tuck game and one moment a quality wins it. And we do take our chance here today, um, albeit late on. There's a huge raft of new players at this football club and I'm hoping, as I said this before, that, that next year that's not the case because we've got a lot under contract now and there'll be one or two next year. Um, the dynamics is great, but the fact that I've got a settled staff, I've got a, a core of a team here from last year who have gone and uh, outperformed and punched above their weight in the Premier League last year, and they understand how I want us to play 
they understand each other better and uh, I've got a great group of boys here and it's going to be really tough as I said before our first aim is to have Ross County in this Premier League again in a year's time after that we see what happens but there's going to be games like that every other week in the Premier League and I've been talking to the white guys about not being still hanging out wide when balls are coming in from other areas to be in and about it it worked really well last year with Cookie clearly coming in at back areas and I'm speaking to Awura and Simsy and um, Kaz um, but there's a dynamism um, about Awura that I love. There's a rawness to him, um, and when he gets in front of goal, um, you know he can strike. He can absolutely strike. He's showed it in the, the League Cup games as well, um, and I want them to have that confidence. So, uh, Will, I'll start with you. What do you think of uh, Malky's assessment of the match? We'll get onto what he said about Awura in a minute because we were lucky enough to hear from him as well. But I generally thought he was uh, he was he was pretty spot on with what he said. Um, we did try and match up physically with uh, Kilmarnock. We generally did quite a good job. Um, they've obviously got one of the most physical midfielders in the league with uh, Alan Power. Um, and I do think also I agree with the fact that up front there was uh, a definite lack of good decision making. There was a lot of miss it passes. We played quite well from the back to maybe thirty yards out, and then everything kind of fell to pieces. It was that there was no real cohesion between the front players at times, um, but yeah, generally I thought most of what he said was was pretty much bang on. There's not really an awful lot I can say to go against it, really. I think um, it'll be like obviously probably not to that extreme, but I'm quite interested to see if there's going to be like this season a Dundee like moment where it's all going to click and we'll be on fire like Cookie and Hungbo and even White were um, last season. Yeah, I think. I feel like there won't be as big a moment and it'll probably be harder to notice. But I, f- I feel like we do need something like that. I, I have no qualms about what Malky said after the game. Um, you know, he- he's never normally he's never normally wrong in-, in his assessments and stuff like that. The only thing I feel like you maybe could have been harsher on on on, a- on our attacking play. I think Danda did make a difference and we looked slightly more threatening than we did in Paisley, but I just feel like it's probably more me. I feel like there's just something missing up top. It's not quite clicking yet, like you said. So hopefully we do have a moment like that where it all turns and it starts flowing nicely and stuff like that. I would like to say there is a bit um, that I could actually put back in at the end and I might do, but I originally cut out the part because he did also say that there was a part where um, almost Danda and... uh, Kazim are trying to do too much. The actual quote was, uh, I'm seeing passes that Modric would be putting to Benzema. Uh, They're trying to overdo it a a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, to be honest, I thought Kazim was quite quiet in the game all in all. Um, No, I'm not not going to be too harsh, but I did expect more because of how big an impact he had coming off the bench against St Mirren. But again, it was his first start and I think in all honesty, I wouldn't have played Sims and I would have played him and Awura. And I don't know if Malky's kind of feeling doing that for lack of experience and maybe defensive work rate in a way. But I think if we can unleash those two at the same time, then teams won't be able to handle them. I think, sorry, Will, I, I'm, I'll let you speak in a second, but I, I actually disagree. I thought Sims had a pretty good game. I thought his... um. There was times in the first half, like as you said, we were like we had most of the ball, we were playing well, but we we could not get into their final third at all. And there was a moment where he spun, I think, 
I think it might have been power, but like he had, he, he had he had power right up tight to him, and it, he showed how good he is in tight spaces. He he turned right around and got into that final third, and I think he's um, exactly what we need. I think um, I think that there's obviously a conversation to be had because especially when someone as good as Weir Edwards is being left on the bench, there's always going to be questions. But I think I, I'm not sure that Sims necessarily has to be the target of that. I'm sorry, Will. Again, I'm I'm gonna come back on this debate. I can I, I I can see where you're coming from, but again, I think Sims is good, but he doesn't quite have that sort of raw pace about him. And even, I know what sorry, you mean. I definitely so. Like even more so when Akio comes back, I definitely wouldn't. I I think Akio go. I I honestly I know it was only against East Fife, but I think Akio goes straight into our team just because of how like Hungbo he was and how direct. And he's even quicker than Hungbo, I think, from what I've seen. And I feel like some teams won't be able to handle that. It's just Sims is kind of predictable sometimes and doesn't like to sort of go beyond his man all the time and looks inside and sort of looks to put a ball in the box. But Akio is just so direct and will just beat his man. And I think if you have him on one side and Awura or Kazim on the other side, that's pace that a lot like most teams in the league genuinely won't be able to match. And I think it could be a real asset to us. Will, would you like to settle that? Sorry. Um, I, from what I've seen of Sims, I quite like Sims. I think he's very direct. He doesn't mind coming inside as well. I do agree with the fact that he's not the quickest, but I can, I get the impression that uh, Malky likes him because he's very, very combative for a winger. He doesn't mind getting stuck in. If players get physical with him, he's physical back. Whereas most wingers tend to kind of get bullied. I don't think Sims is that kind of guy to, to be bullied by a fullback or a centre half. Um, and to go on something else, you said there, there was that, that minute where everything everything would click like it did against Dundee. I'm not convinced we need that this season. It won't be so big because whereas last season, everything was a mess at the start. This season, it's not as bad because the defence generally looks pretty good. Whereas last season, at the start of last season, our defence was not good in the slightest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but before we move on to the Rangers game, uh, we were speaking about the, the winners. There's one man that um, we heard from uh, at the end of the Kilmarnock game. Uh, I actually asked him a question. You can listen to me um, <laughs> asking this. I, I have to repeat the question over and over. I uh, should have been a bit clearer, but uh, here he is. We played on um, Hearts and Celtic, you know. They're not easy games to, you know, get a, get a result in. But, you know, um, our performances have been good. And, you know, last week away at St Mirren, you know, we should have got something out of that game. You know, I, I could say it was like an error uh, from a Ross County point of view. So, but, you know, we have to pick ourselves up like any other team and go again week, week after week. So it just shows uh, our depth of our squad and how, you know, that, that team spirit that we have, you know, to go down 10 men and defend as we did, you know. Everyone communicating, shifting, talking. It was good. It was it was a good challenge for us, and we've we've come out of it with, with a great result. So yeah, it's good. It's just the way the club set up, you know. From the first day we get in at training, and from the last minute we leave, you know, we all interact with each other. We're all close, you know. Like the cafe sits with us during like lunchtime, all the stuff, you know. It's a real team spirit, you know. Like there's no, there's there's, there's you can't hide in that environment. But we're all as a team, so. It creates that, like, honesty, you know, uh, a place to work for you to be yourself. It's good for the squad. You got your first uh, goal in the league today. Is there a personal goal in mind there? Say that again? Sorry, uh, you got your first goal in the league today. Is there a personal goal in mind there? 
What do you mean? A, it's like a personal goal in terms of how many goals you want to score. Oh, uh, no, nah, not really. Um, I just want to help the team. You know, I want to win. The main important thing for me is for the team to get into the top six. And, you know, yeah, stats are important for every player. But the, the main important thing is, is, is the team and for us to uh, achieve uh, better than we did last season. Games like that where you have to fight for scraps and that, you know, you have to you have to gamble. Not every time is it going to come to feet. You have yeah. to run in behind as well and stuff like that. So it's just realising what type of game you have and doing the right things. Um, yeah, it was, it was good to hear from Owura. Uh, he's, he's, he's a nice guy. I was speaking to him out, outside the stadium. He took the time to have a chat and he was really nice. Um, hope he continues to kick on. And as Peter's reminded me during our, uh, our little break, he's got a quiz for me and Will. So uh, take the stage, Peter. So I've got a quiz for us. First time I've ever done this on the Stargate View podcast, I believe, apart from maybe the time where Daniel Choose McLeod was on as a guest. Um, but I shall be your quiz master. I shall keep score. Um, and we'll see who wins at the end. Uh, some of these aren't hard at all. Most of them aren't hard, so I'm expecting you to do well. And I think let's just get into it. So okay. question one. Which player in our team has received the most yellow cards this season? Uh, should I go first? Yeah, you go. I actually feel like I might get. I might be really stupid and get this wrong. I'm gonna say Callahan, but I feel. Yeah. I also feel like it could be Baldwin, but I'm, I am gonna say Callahan because obviously he got the two. I'll go for. Uh, I'll go for Baldwin then. Okay. Do you want to? Well, if you'd have cleared us up at the start, do you want your answers now or do you want your answers at the end? At the end. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Question two What has our average percentage amount of possession been so far this season? And this is, this is, I wouldn't expect anyone to know this. So I'm going to give you 2% either side. So whoever's closest can can get the point. Our, our like, Average possession. Average possession over the four Premiership games. Yeah, okay. I feel like apart from Celtic, it's been pretty high. Like even against Hearts, especially in the first half. So I am gonna factor in Celtic. Um, I'm gonna say fifty-four, fifty-four percent. Okay. Well. I think that's maybe a wee bit high because I think we had slightly less of the ball against Hearts as well for the second half. So I'm going to say 48. Okay. Answers locked in. Question three. Which three players in our side have played the least minutes this season? And this doesn't include players who've played no minutes. So your Alex Samuels, your Jake Eastwoods, your William Achilles don't count. But which three players who have played have played the least minute, amount of minutes? Was that clear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Will you go first? Unless you don't want to, in, his, in which case I'll have a You can have, you can have a bit of thinking time, lads. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just thinking... I don't think... Ben Payton had 45 minutes against Seller, then he got chucked on. Um... I'm just gonna have a look at our squad. Our squad. Uh, all right. So there's Ben Payne. I think also Harmon hasn't had that many minutes. Uh, is this only um, uh, Premier League games, not cup games? 
Yeah, just sure? just Premier League. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I know two, but the third one, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. All right, because I, I have less of a clue than that. Uh, hmm. It's quite a tough question. That I was proud of that. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I think. Okay, I'm gonna lock one in. Okay, I lock think, in your first one. Ben Payton. Okay. That's locked. Okay. I'm also gonna. I'm gonna lock in George Harmon. Okay. Laturi, Victor Laturi. Okay. Is that locked in? Then, I guess. Yes. 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 Okay. That's locked in. Uh, I'm gonna go for Ben Payton, Victor Laturi, and Keith Watson. Fuck, fuck, you've got it, you've got it. You've got it, you've got it. <laughs> okay. Wait, Will, can you repeat that, please? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Keith Watson, Victor Latore, and... Did I say Ben Payton? I think you did. Yeah, Ben Payton then. Okay, right. So let me just clarify. Ramsey, you said Ben Payton, George Harmon, and Victor Latore. Yep. I'm an idiot. It's Watson. It's not Harmon. No, <laughs> I'm up. saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. Well, you said Ben Payton, Victor Latouri, and Keith Watson. Okay. Yeah. Question four. How many goals have occurred in the first halves of our games this season? Um, God. Zero, I think. Um, let me see if I think. think if I'm forgetting a game here in my head um, I'm going to go zero as well actually yeah I don't think okay. anyone scored in the first half okay right final question this is this is probably the arguably the toughest one I think okay. requires probably a bit of thinking okay so how many different nationalities do we have in our in our squad in total is this um, including like injured players and stuff yeah, it's it's the whole squad, and it, and the UK is not a thing in this question. It's you know the countries are broken up, if you will, because we don't believe okay, in, right, we don't okay. believe in the union on this podcast. We don't. Personally. We don't. Personally, well, personally, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, not words, <laughs> I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth. Okay. Um, let me think. We might have. I, I might have to cut, cut out in the edit a bit of thinking time, but uh, <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Um, uh, oh, I have a question. Um, is this classing as the countries they were born in or the countries they're declared to play for? Okay, yeah, I thought about this as well. And it's the countries that they are declared to play for. Okay, okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm ho- sure I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I've got this correct. Okay. If I've got this wrong, right. then that's heavily embarrassing, but I'm pretty sure I've got this right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to lock in my guess. Okay. Hit I me. think seven, I think. That's seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still thinking. Because I... I'm just, have I missed something? I don't think it's... Oh, I just did not like. I'm gonna okay, six, six, six. Okay, right. We've got 10 minutes left in this meeting, so I'm gonna delve your answers to you. 
Okay, question one was which player has received the most yellow cards? Ramsey, you went Callahan. Well, you went Baldwin. You're both right. It's both of them. They've both had All three. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that is 1-1. One, one. Uh-huh. Qu- question two was what has our average amount of possession been? Uh, Ramsey, you went 54. You went high. Will, you went 48. Uh, it's actually 43, so Will's closer. So Will Shit. Gets the point. Oh, God. Damn. So I, I was shocked by that as well. I thought it was going to be higher than 43. Um, question three, which, play, which three players have played the least amount of minutes, not including players who have played zero minutes? Ramsey, you went Ben Payton, George Harmon, Victor Lachuri. Will, you went Ben Payton, Victor Lachuri, Keith Watson. I can reveal the answers is Ben Payton with 49 minutes, Victor Lachuri with 44 minutes. And Keith Watson with five minutes. I'm so annoyed with myself. I forgot about I forgot about you. So Will runs away with a lead with that one. Uh, yeah. Question four. How many goals have occurred in the first half of our game? It's a bit of a trick question there. Didn't trick either of you. Know, it is zero. So you both get a point. And the last one. This is my favourite question. Ramsey, you went with six. Will, you went with seven. I'm willing to hear arguments for... If can I, can I just list mine? I'll list mine. Well, I, I, I was, was going like, to list, I've got them listed here. So if you want to hear, but I'm going to list off mine first. So I've got Scottish, English, Welsh, Canadian, South Sudanese. What was my last one? Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll have declared for Belgium, I believe. Okay. You're missing quite an obvious one. I'm not going to lie. Cancola. Fuck. Yeah. Will's done it. It was seven. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, you've absolutely whitewashed him at that. <laughs> That's why I was thinking, asking the question about the, the nationality, because I thought um, uh, Akio was, is, he was born, it, was, it wasn't it was Southern Stan he was born, he was born was somewhere Kenya, else. It was Kenya, I think. Yeah, Kenya, I think, yeah. Then I was thinking, oh, he's, he's basically, I think he's a Canadian national as well, isn't he? So Yeah. How did so... I forget Davey? How did I forget? That's horrendous. <laughs> Ramsey, I'm afraid you've suffered a 5-2 loss in the first quiz of the Stag. That's so poor. That is so unbelievably poor. Right, next month, next month at now. <laughs> so just to confirm for that last question, the answer was Scottish, English, Canadian, Belgium, South Sudan, Wales and Austria. God's so, sake. It's a valiant effort from both, I will say. You were close on all of them, to be fair, Ramsey. It's, it's no consolation. <laughs> well, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, so, after my embarrassment in the quiz, I am very happy to go uh, swiftly onwards. Uh, any objections? Happy to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Although Will might want to bask in his glory. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Never, yeah I never win anything, so I'm enjoying it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so our next two matches are absolute, like, obviously the hardest you can get. We've got um, we've got Rangers at Ibrox away in the league. Um, their results so far, by the way, this season have been a, a 2-1 away win at Livingston, uh, a 2-0 home win against Kilmarnock, a 4-0 home win against St. Johnson, and a 2-2 away draw against Hibs where they lost the plot and got two red cards. Um, just... General thoughts about um, Rangers this season. Obviously, we know what they're like. Um, they're obviously the heart, the heart. Well, 
one of the two hardest you can get. Yeah, I mean, I think the results kind of speak for themselves, to be fair. Apart from that, Hibs draw. I think they'll probably be disappointed, to be fair, with joining away at Hibs, and rightly so, because they embarrass themselves, let's be frankly honest. Um, but, yeah, what I mean, what, what can you say, really? I think, do they look better than last year? Marginally, probably, league-wise. I think last, you know, I think the latter half of last season, they had too much of a focus upon unit, which is fair enough, but... I think to start, they've had, they've had a good start. Obviously, they've scored plenty of goals, only conceded two in four games. Um, you know, but I'm not completely feeding them. Obviously, last season we managed to get to, to get a point off them. Um, yeah, obviously at the end of the day it's Rangers, but I think like there's a the door's not completely completely closed there. It's wedged open slightly. What do you think about um, their, their new boys? I'm just looking at their previous lineup: they had Kolach, Lawrence, uh, Matondo. Um, well, on you go. Nah, well, on you go. I was going to say, I, I don't think they're as good as last season. I think they've got, there's two, still two massive gaping holes in their, in their side from last season. That's Bassi and Aribo. Uh, Kolach's obviously banged in quite a few goals and looks a good signing, but. I still think either they're not as good as last season or they're still like us getting a sense of cohesion together, then they might as improved. But we all know things are not happening in life. Life, death, taxes, county losing to Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Oh, pain. We still I every time we play Rangers, I have this little note in front of me that says, I have never beaten Rangers in history. <laughs> yeah, it's a burden. Uh, what do you think? Because obviously they signed uh, Ben Davis, not the Tottenham one, the the former uh, Liverpool and Preston, I believe, one. Uh, but they seem to be sticking with playing James Sands alongside Conor Goldson at the back. Yeah, I you know, although I just I'm kind of contradicting myself here, and I say they look slow defensively. It's because I've seen so many zeros on their uh, recent results on the notes. But um, yeah, to be honest, I don't rate Sands, and I think you know, I think I'd be right in saying he's a midfielder by trade. If correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and Goldson, from highlights I've seen, doesn't look like his usual self. As Will said, could still be something to do with cohesion, playing alongside a new partner. But, I mean, Barisic as well, he's been under some criticism for Rangers fans, although I rate him as a player. I think going forward, definitely better than he is defensively. But, again, as I said earlier, if you know, our wingers are dangerous and... Teams know that, so you never know. You never know. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, obviously, we played Celtic at home. Uh, we saw the vastly changed lineup with, you know, you know Peyton, Tilson, Callaghan, Cancola in that midfield, all quite, you know, all quite close together, all quite, you know, tough tackling, etc. Um, we're now away from home at Ibrox uh, against a team we've never won against in our history. Do you um, expect to see something similar? Yeah, we did, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. We did do that last time we went to Ibrox. I think I remember rightly that I think Hungbo played up top with with Charles Cook and Jack Burrows played in a, in a kind of just not to touch the ball, just a chase men role, um, which was strange. But I, I think it will happen. I think we'll go more defensive, but I hope we don't because I think we play better when we just play our own game. And although, you know, you want to try to nullify what they're going to do if, at the end of the day you know if if you get a result it's going to be a shock and 
you know, I think we're probably just better off going for it and playing our wingers and playing Jordan White up top and et cetera, et cetera, playing an attacking side. I think, um, because thinking back to the the point we got in Dingwall last season, we didn't change, we didn't field a particularly altered lineup. We had Charles Cook, Hungbo, which meant we had an out ball. Like we didn't just get the ball at the back and have to smash it back up to Goldson or Tavernier, who had another like free run at our box. So I, I, um, I obviously understand um, the kind of lineup we saw against Celtic, and obviously it almost worked. We were getting a draw until the last 10 minutes. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see what we have in terms of an outpost, what, whether he'll actually like play Danda this time, or if he'll let even Uwara Edwards even play more centrally if we, if we go to um, having more people sitting deep and have, actually we don't have enough people for someone to actually go out one instead of up top. In a game like that, I think that could be perfect for Danda because I think he's the only player in our team who could match the quality that they have. I think because of his pedigree and where he's come from, obviously coming through the Liverpool Youth Academy, playing for you know 50-odd games for Swansea in the English Championship. And obviously we've seen it at the weekend. The quality he's got is passing range. I think if you get him on the ball and if he could find some room, then he could punish them. If we get, like you said, players like Awura, even if he's playing, you know, at a striker role, if you get boys like Awura and Sims, could be playing them through. So I would definitely play Danda and Awura. I think that's a no-brainer. I think probably, I would not be totally surprised if we go into this game without a recognised striker and do the same as we did last season with Cookie and Hungbo and maybe play Edwards and Sims or someone like that. And with Danda behind them looking for the out ball, because one thing Rangers don't look comfortable with against them is pace. And Tavernier and Barisic against us at Ibrox will be pushed right up on the halfway line. So there will be a chance for our guys to get a run behind them if the ball's good enough. And Danda can do that. Definitely. Well, that's a- sorry, Ramsey. I was just going to say, I think. <laughs> sorry, I was just going to say that. I think if they're playing Sands and Goldson at centre back, then players like Awuda and Kazim, even Sims probably to an extent, are going to be no match for, in terms of one-on-ones. I think we've got them tied on that point against their two centre-halves, as you say, with a full bucks going to be playing so high. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is what Will said, that's almost guaranteed to happen now. Because remember last season when um, we were predicting the lineup, and Will said, oh, he might play Kuki and Hongbo up front without a recognised striker, and it gets to two o'clock on Saturday or Sunday or whatever, <laughs> and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know how you it worked briefly. To do that. It did. <laughs> it yeah, did. We, we did it go 1 0 up. <laughs> yeah. I just think that Jordan White against Goldson's probably not going to work very well. Well, he will come on off the bench and score like the 85th minute. So Yeah, when, when we're 5 0 down. Yeah. If he, if, if he continues his streak of scoring against Rangers, like the Union Bears are going to be on his back. <laughs> his dad will love um, Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, sorry, first of all, anything else to say about Rangers? I don't think so. Nah, not really. They're still one of the two best sides in the league, so it's going to be a free hit, basically. Yeah. Uh, going on to the other best side in the league, just briefly, um, due to our belief, I think, um, getting a penalty win instead of a straight win against Bucky Thistle, we've now drawn uh, Celtic in the um, in the Premier Sports Cup. Yeah, um, I mean, 
the hardest draw we could have got. Again, that's something else I was going to mention briefly earlier. I think when we were talking about changing shape and stuff like that, Rangers definitely aren't as hard to play against as Celtic are. So I think it's going to be a tougher test in the cup. And I want to—I know I'm taking over from you here, Ramsey, but I want to ask your guys' thoughts on us giving up the whole of the East Stand to Celtic fans on that Wednesday night game. Oh, Christ. All right, Will, I'll let you go first. I've got Celtic supporting mates, so they'll be breathing down my neck on this one. Let it all out, Ramsey. Let it all out. If, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate it. Yeah, I think so. Ramsey, on you go. Because they just... I, I'm not trying to tar them. I, I'm really... Like, I'm genuinely... I know this is like a, a qualifier that everyone says before going on a massive rant about the old firm. And I, I am genuinely not trying to tar them all with one one brush. But every time um, something like this happens, they always leave and there's always the headlines of like broken seats, etc. Not to mention all the... And I don't care. Celtic fans will come with me, come at me in droves. Uh, this, that, the next thing is not sectarian. Rangers fans will do the same. Oh, this, that is not actually sectarian. If you look at the history, blah, blah, blah. But the, the stuff they sing, I don't care how many people come at me saying, oh, it's not actually that bad. It's just, blech, yeah. I don't. I, if I'm sitting in the jail and I don't want that even closer to me than it already is. I, I'm actually, the thought of me moving seat and sitting in the jail end and looking over and seeing someone wearing a green top, uh, that's very subdued language, by the way, uh, sitting <laughs> in my beloved seat that I've sat in for nearly 10 years now, like, really pains my heart. And, like, because that's my seat and... I, you know, I know that sounds really petty and some people will be like, oh, it's just a seat. But I know you boys will understand that it's like, that's where you sit. That's your view. It's where you see the game from every week. There's something sentimental about it. 100%. Yeah, totally agreed. And again, I, I was going to say as well, I can see why the club have done it. And I don't, oh, wait, first of all, sorry to cut across you. I don't blame the okay. club. I don't blame the club. Like, fair enough. But from a, from a fan point of view, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. I can definitely see why they've done it. You know, the money it's gonna bring in, you know, will help us. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, it's more money, but it gives them such a big advantage. They're gonna completely outnumber us. They have they've got over fifty percent of the stadium. Um, it, we're getting those two stands, the two biggest stands in the ground. It's, it's gonna belittle us. You know, it makes us makes us look small. It hands them an advantage away from home, um, as if they didn't have enough of a of a monetary advantage already. Um, but it's just that the fan inside me really disagrees with it and kind of wish that there'd been more consultation with us before instead of just doing it. And the only reason being that there was low uptake for the last Celtic game. But again, you tie that hand in hand with what the club were doing and trying to nullify Celtic fans getting into the home end in the first place. And now we're just letting them in for the sake of it to earn money. It just doesn't quite sit right with me. But, you know, I'm happy to receive arguments on that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm my head's kind of fried with that situation a bit, to be honest. I think some of the language used in the statement almost implied that this was a test. So it might be a, a trial run for it to happen regularly, which if that does, then it's just, a disaster bit for me basically I forgot about that part and that really really puts me off you know going to watch those games and I would never normally think that like no matter who we're playing I'd want to go and watch and see how we fare even if it's against old firm go and see us get battered whatever but 
it's not going to be an enjoyable fan experience for the ones like us who have to move seat. Not even that for anyone, even if you don't have to move seat, being being so you know overwhelmed and outsung and you know just dingle being taken over for you know for for the sake of us just to be belittled in a way. It's not as if there's not enough of them in the jail end already. Exactly, and you know I think they were. The whole of the away end and the east extension, I think, is a fair deal as it is, to be honest. Even if there is low uptake, then you look at the situation where the club started cancelling tickets of genuine fans. There's got to be another way that, to, to find out who Celtic fans are sitting in the home end, even if it is just brutally not letting them in at the turnstile because of their top or because of their accent. There's got to be another way to do it where you're not just giving away the whole stand but so that locals who don't have a season ticket can go to the game as well. It just there's just something that's not it's just not a fully good situation that we're in to do with it really. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up here because I could I had kind of just put that to the back of my mind and tried not to think about it. Yeah, it just annoyed me too much. I had to. <laughs> yeah. Um I've got one more thing to talk about over ready to move on and then I think we're Pretty much at the end of it. Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, so uh, one thing I thought it'd be good to do is do a, a little long watch at the end of every podcast we've got because we've got a decent wee group of players um, uh, out alone right now. We've got uh, Matthew Wright and Adam McKinnon of Montrose. We've got Ryan McClellan, Connell Ewan of Forest Mechanics. We've got uh, Logan Ross of Um So I'll just uh, ask quickly. I know no one's gonna watch like gonna watch like League One and like. I know, uh, Will, you go to Clark games. Obviously, Forrest aren't playing there every week. Just uh, in general, how much you've been uh, hearing about these boys? Yeah, well, I'll let you kick off. Um, I haven't heard too much, actually. Um, I've not been able to learn to Clark that much this season. So, um, I'm kind of my high league knowledge this season's not great, but I've heard okayish things from some Montrose fans, but I don't think Wright's played an awful, an awful lot yet. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Montrose play him up front, right on the wing. Because like I said, when I used to see him at Plath, he used to play out on the right wing. So, mm. But it'll be a big season, but I hope he does well. Yeah, uh, thanks to um, uh, Ben McDonald, a, a Montrose fan I spoke to on Twitter today, and um, uh, Blair Ruxton, uh, who says, McKinnon has looked very good and composed on the ball. Uh, seemed to cover just about every blade of Astro on Saturday. Right, we haven't seen seen as much of, but he had his first start on Saturday. Seemed very confident and was getting in, himself into good positions. Hopefully, goals will come. Uh, so that sounds pretty promising. I, I obviously we all have high hopes for these boys. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously we tweeted Ramsey the clip of Adam McKinnon's oh wonderful Ronaldo outrageous. chop, outrageous Ronaldo chop at um, at East End Park against Dunfermline. That was a thing of beauty. And you know, if you're out on loan pulling that kind of stuff off, then you know, the confidence is high, so it looks good to me anyway. And I think, yeah. sorry, just I'm just going to move on. I think I've heard slightly more about uh, Ryan and Connor Ewan because one of my mates plays for Forest. He made his debut for them at the weekend. Obviously oh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. From a Strasbourg, right? Yeah, playing with those two boys. And he he was playing, obviously, with Ryan. I think right, he said that Ryan was playing out on the right-hand side, I think, which is obviously he can play in a number of positions, I think, across the front. Um, but yeah, he's he's. Um, I think they've both looked good, and Connell Ewan again saw saw a bit of him at the Brora preseason friendly, and he looks like a proper out and out centre half. Like you know, he's not. He didn't really look to be too too 
on the ball playing side, not to criticise, but obviously he just looked like a, you know, a big strong centre half. So I think He's Watson regen. Yeah, exactly. And I think for them to be getting for to be, you know, they've started every week as well in the Highland League, so they're obviously impressing out of Forest, which is good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minutes min- minutes um, at that level of men's football is going to be vital for them. I know um, Ryan was out of Clark last season and um, for everything I think was limited to appearance. So it's, it's, it's yeah, it's so good to see him starting um, week in, week out. Uh, just on Logan Ross, uh, he's back at Lossie Mouth. Um, obviously, they're not um, at the top end of the Highland League, I think it's fair to say. But he's he, he's played all minutes. Um, I believe they've lost three. And they've won one, and he, he did keep a clean sheet against uh, McLemon and Newans Forest. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's even though they're not at the top end, I think that's probably better, you could argue, for a goalie mm-hmm. because they're going to be facing more shots, facing more waves of attack, etc., etc. And I think, obviously, last season, they didn't have a great season and conceded quite a lot of goals. But, you know, I'm sure if it wasn't for him, then the goal tally would have been a lot higher. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of shots up in practice at, at Lossy Meth because they are not a good side at all. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think uh, county um, <laughs> county website also does a lone watch, and then every time we see Logan Ross, oh yeah, if not for if not for Logan, the tally would have been much higher. Yeah, so, I was uh, going to mention that actually. It's a good wee thing. I don't know who does it to be honest, but the lone watch. I think that, it's, the club. Who I, is, I was speaking is good. to. Um, I seen to uh Ollie Williams, our new um, I I new like so, so like social media manager, I think, and I think I think it's him that does it. Yeah, I believe. Good, sorry, good so far. sorry if I'm wrong, but yeah, class guy by the way. It's lovely to meet him. Hi, like, listening. Because <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if we were you know if he wasn't putting them out, then I'd be completely oblivious to be honest. Because like obviously we're not going to get to watch these games because they're at the same time that County are playing unless we're watching highlights, etc. Which is where I found that sumptuous Adam McKinnon, Ronaldo chop, which I'm not going to stop thinking about. Disgusting. <laughs> if yeah, we but, can um, insert video clip. <laughs> yeah, oh my, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, to be fair, my, my technical skills are not, well, as you can tell by the middle of this podcast where we had to stop for five <laughs> minutes. And uh, yeah, uh, sorry about that. By the way, I'm gonna have to edit out a lot of delay at the start of the podcast. But uh, anything more to add before we sign off? Don't think so. Happy with that. And for me. Okay. Um, well, uh, thanks for bearing with us this episode. Um, I have enjoyed it though. Uh, we'll be back next month where hopefully I'll have better internet and Kelly will have better results. Uh, so. Uh, yeah uh have a good month or however long it takes us to um record another one and we'll see you very soon thank you